Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Dan Hughes, the host of the Sporadically Bored podcast. He's also a YouTuber who, with his daughter, Cora, makes videos for Dice Tower reviewing children's and family board games. During the lockdown, they both decided to take a shot at designing a board game of their own. Their first game, called Cora's Quest, it's Kickstarter on February 1st. Dan, welcome to the binge. How are you doing? Uh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm doing very well. Doing very well. Um, just about, just about put on about 10, on, 10 or 12 pounds from Christmas. But other than that, I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> I think we're all getting the COVID pounds and we're also getting the Christmas pounds. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like layering on like a layer cake, yeah. right? Well, well, I've been practicing all my life. So I'm, I'm, I'm used to putting on pounds. Yeah, so it's fine. And I'd be it's remiss awesome. to say that uh, Dan's uh, connecting with us from the UK. So this is uh, a little late on your side. And uh, I do appreciate uh, you uh, you joining us uh, so late uh, in the night on your end. Oh, no, it's fine. I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much for having me, as I say. So let's start off with kind of the history behind how you got into this. So how did you get into board games? Is this something you've been into your whole life or just when you had kids? Or how did that kind of come about? Uh, it's the same story as most people, really. And, and that, that when I was eighteen, did D and D, Warhammer, you know, all the kind of games workshop yeah. stuff. And then I, uh, I, I kind of grew out of that. I don't know. I grew out of it, but that that kind of fell away in my early twenties. Um, and then about well, it must be about nine or ten years ago now. Suddenly, someone introduced me to Carcassonne, and that was it. I was, you uh, know, Carcassonne. I went from uh, I went from having no games to having twenty games in the space of a month did that whole buy everything phase that you do in the first year or two of board gaming. And yeah. then I've slowly been trying to, you know, thin down my collection ever since basically. Yeah. Um, it, it becomes addictive, I guess. Eh? When uh, you get those first couple of games, it's like, Oh, maybe get another one or somebody interested well, in another you game. Start, and... You start watching all the top tens and you go, you know, and, and you think they're basically shopping lists, um, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, that's how, that's how it works when you start off in gaming and then, and then you refine your first, you like everything. And then as, as time goes on, you refine your cake. Uh, you, and then, and then I've been playing games with my kids about as long as um, I've, got, I've got my eldest is seventeen and my youngest is eight, okay. so I've been playing kids' games for as long as I've been playing board games really. Um, and uh, I, I also run a, a kids' games club, although that hasn't met for a year, obviously. But um, in, in in Huddersfield, my hometown, I run a, oh, wow. a monthly um, kids' game club where I, I provide all the library of kids' games, and then and then people come and all. all play games together and it's really 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 nice how's that work um, is that like at a, like obviously it's not happening with covid right now but was it at like a local library or how did no it, the, did the, uh, our local game store um okay. was was kind enough to, to host us so i think on the second sunday of every month um for three hours we take over the entire floor with kids running around and stuff like that. usually kind of between the ages of five and 11 that's what we're aiming at oh, wow. and we always ask we always ask the parent the parents aren't allowed to leave so it's about a family that's coming together meeting other families and playing playing board games together and i go around teaching all these different board games to people it's really it's really enjoyable actually it's fantastic how'd you find that shift going from you know classic D type games and adult type games to then into the kind of the kids zone how was that uh, how was that shift for you well i i i i, I think um Every year, well, not every year, I didn't go this year. Whenever I go to Essen, um, all, all, there's all these fantastic adult games. Yeah. 
But but I tell you, the real innovation in board gaming is in kids' games. The real, you know, there's games with magnets and games where you. I've, yeah. I've recently um, got a game where it's a memory game, but you've got a doll's house and you're peeking through the windows of the doll's house to see what's what's in there, and then mm. you have to remember that and turn it around, all that kind of stuff. There's some amazingly innovative um, kids' games, and just because they're simple mechanisms doesn't mean to say they're any any you know, there's there any less value in, in kids' games. I think kids' games are marvellous. Um, and, you know, I, I, I love them. I love them. I love, and I, you also, you get the, the added benefit of playing with your kids. Uh, that's something you both want to do. I think that's that's the, the wonderful thing about children's board games is adults and kids can can both want to do it and both gain enjoyment out, out of it, at least good kids' games. I think that's um, one of the great things about having kids in general is it allows you to be a kid again. Right? yeah, yeah. I think back to my Star Wars figures when I was a kid. I collected all these Star Wars figures during the original trilogy, had them mothballed for decades, and then one of my kids got into Star Wars. I'm like, all right, out come the okay. action figures. Let's get down on the floor and let's start uh, doing some uh, some Jedi yeah, magic yeah, here. Yeah, Lego's yeah, the same with me. Lego, I tell you. Yeah, uh, Lego's yeah. another great one too, right? Yeah, you always yeah. find yeah. the collections way larger with uh, with your kids than when you're a kid, right? It's like you're almost overcompensating. You got to have an even bigger collection than when you're a kid. So that's right. Yeah, that's awesome. So your your daughter Cora, so she's eight years old. Eight years old, yeah. And but you've been doing videos now for a while with her. What age was she when uh, when you guys first started? She was four when we first started. Holy smokes! Um, um, we um, we. We basically, I've read a read a post on Reddit saying what a good some good board games for um for kids. So yep. you, you you freaked me out there. You've, you've changed the screen. I thought change the screen. Um, for people listening, when you just change the screen, I'm looking at uh, Dan's YouTube feed just to show the people watching how many videos these guys have cranked out over the past. Well, we, we've years. done it's we've done lot. we've done a lot more than that. It's just yeah. these are ones that I managed. These these are ones that were on the dice tower that I uploaded ended up uploading to um to to my own uh, my own thing. So um. So, so yeah, yeah. So, so, so I saw this post on Reddit, and I just thought someone asking for suggestions. I thought I had the, the video camera there, or it's a laptop webcam. Yeah. I thought oh, I'll just I'll just go through them myself. And Cora did it with me, and and she really enjoyed it. And I thought, well, send something into the dice tower, see if he wants it. And he, he ran the first one, and he said it was popular. So so yeah, been doing that for a while. Well, I'd say the dynamic between the two of you is. Um... It's very engaging, right? <laughs> so to see the two of you kind of back and forth talking to each other, and uh, she's got such a strong little personality. Yeah, she's, um, a, she's a good kid. You can't help but not watch, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. yes, yes. People don't really watch for me. It's it, they're watching for Cora. <laughs> it's Cora and that other guy. I'm, I'm well aware. I'm well aware. I'm the, I'm the less popular half. So that's so that's she's fine. like the producer, and you're just uh, you're the sidekick yeah. talent there, I guess. Eh? Yeah. Well, she definitely calls the shots. I mean. Uh, the, the, the thing we're working with the kid, I mean, she's slightly different now. She's a bit older, but yeah. there's never more than one take. You can't do more than one take. So all, all, everything you ever do is just, just hold on and just hope, hope that it goes all right. Cause she won't, she won't do it again. So you um, just do one long extended take, I guess, and then edit it yeah, down. Just cut, that kind cut, of way you cut do? the bits out. Yeah. Cut the bits out when I'm screaming at her. Come on. Be more entertaining. I say to her, or you'll go back in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, so how long have you guys been working on like games? Like, is this the, like, you got this game now, Core Quest, that you've been working on uh, during COVID. Yeah. Is it the first kind of uh, time you guys have modified, have you started modifying games? Because I know a lot of people do that, right? Like when people yeah. design games, they start off doing home home rules and yeah. rules and things like that. I'd and then it kind of evolves to game creation. 
I'd, I'd say certainly I've been modifying games in order to um, simplify them in order to play with Cora, for example. Yeah. Um, but and, and Cora has made her own games for fun quite yeah. frequently. They're usually a, a roll and move variant or whatever. But but this is the first time it was it was during during lockdown. Yeah. And to be honest, I was absolutely sick of talking about Romans. I don't know what it's like in in Canada, but 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 the UK children get Romans rammed down their throats um and and i'd already done romans once when i was a kid so i didn't want to do it again so so we were doing these worksheets it was getting a bit tedious and we were both getting bored of homeschooling basically so i thought well let's just see let's just make a game see what happens with a game and, yeah. and cora had always had been watching me play D with my friend so she and, and she's been playing zombie side which is not really appropriate that appropriate for kids <laughs> do you know what i mean um <laughs> She goes, it's not like you're letting her sit down and play Call of Duty. I think it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, well the, the, she once went to a teacher and said, "Oh, my favorite game is Zombie Side." And I went, oh, "I'm not sure your teacher's going to be that impressed with me." Um, not that I knew what a Zombie Side was, but yeah. still. Um, so, 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 yeah. So it was really as a homeschooling thing because it, there's there's all sorts of educational opportunities within the yeah. whole game. If you, if, you, if you try, I mean, there's there's all the maths with the probability and stuff like that, and that's how we started off. And then we did some creative, so we did a dungeon crawler and mm -hmm. then we did some creative writing around. She, I asked her to write backgrounds for all the characters and art, which she drew all the characters. And then, and then we designed the dungeon tiles using um, a, a, a program. So that's a bit DT, design technology. And she was getting more and more excited by it and saying, this is like a real game. This is like, you know, and we, yeah. we play tested it and stuff. And then we, we had little meetings and, and what worked, what didn't work and, and, and things like that. And, what and, it was so empowering for her, um, but I just kept going with it, really. I was going to say, was any of that, did any of it feel like homework to her, or was it the excitement of creating something that it, it drove, um, you know, the, the initiative on her part? Um, no, I, I think very little of it um, felt like homework. The thing that did feel like homework was doing the, the backstories to the characters. She doesn't yeah. really like... Um, in literacy as, as, as they call it these days she doesn't she doesn't really like writing um that much she likes she loves reading but she, she she doesn't like creative writing and so i had to drag that out with her um uh, and sit over her but that's it that's the only that's the only time it felt like um work to her yeah and, and as i say it was empowering and, and she felt like it was something that was going to be real and things like that and it looked quite good because we used a computer to design the, the dungeon tiles so it it looked good you know, yeah. on the, on the table. So, yeah. And so was there any kind of, um, so the, the program you use, is it like a graphical program you're using or? How, yeah. How I think it's called dungeon creator. I think it's called, it's, oh, okay. incredibly, it's incredibly easy to, it's, it's designed for app role players and stuff like that to, yeah. you know, to, to make, to make dungeons, but it's incredibly easy to use. It's basically a, a drag and drop. So you, 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 you drag out your dungeon and then, and then you can drop it items and things like that. And it's all, it's all, um, creative code it's all open license so you can you can use it commercially if you want to it's, yeah. it's a fantastic program actually um i really highly recommend it um we haven't ended up using that as, as time's gone on but that's how it all started so she designed all the, the the dungeon tiles and things um and then and then we 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 modified it later on yeah what were some of the hiccups that you guys encountered when you're designing this game like i gotta imagine um number one you've got the dynamic of you know trying to work with your kid on something uh, creative yeah. and you want, you want them to be able to put as much of them in as possible, mm -hmm. but given age, there's going to be certain things where your knowledge is going to have to kind of uh, come in to help, but kids aren't necessarily receptive to that. So how, how did, how did you kind of juggle all that? 
it, 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 it's tricky, really. I think it's important. It was important to me to treat her as an e- because this wasn't. I wasn't worried about this game being good at the start. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That, that, yeah. That's come. That's come later with with play testing and things like that. At the start, this was a game that we were going to enjoy together and create together. So that's cool. So sort of anything went, but but like a lot of things with kids, you know, I gave her often. I gave her like three options rather than say, "What are we doing here?" Because mm. she she would feel overwhelmed with that. So three options, yeah. you know, um, and 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 kind of broke it down into into small steps so, so that each decision um went along but so, yeah sometimes sometimes we had disagreements on things and she's always had the last veto on everything which is irritating at times um <laughs> but still but still i wanted the goose as one of the baddies but she she wasn't having it um but um but but yeah yeah so so just just breaking it down to small small achievable chunks and then as we started play testing it um uh, what what basically happened was I was posting I've got I've got a podcast brilliantly bored I was posting about this just like hardly on the, the process yeah. on our Facebook group and one of my friends um, Gary um, who's an incredibly talented artist for a bit of fun he he created a, a mock box cover for it oh, cool. and it was and it was so good that suddenly you know when you suddenly start invis- something that hadn't occurred to you and it just yeah. suddenly start coming actually. I'm really enjoying this. This is a really, and I think we've come up with a really good, good thing. Um, and it, it could, we could do, we could do this. We could, you know, because guy put coming to Kickstarter soon and all that. Ha ha, joke, joke. And it's like, well, we we could. So we sent it out to play test, and then, and then people made suggestions, and said, oh, well, that this wasn't so good, and and, and that wasn't so good, and uh, and so we sat down and thought, how can we? And that's really where Cora struggled more. She was okay creating the whole thing but kind of working out creative ways of 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 that's when i was giving her the options and things well we yeah. could do it this way or we could do it that way and then getting her to talk through why which way and why and things like that you know giving her reasons and things so your friend doing the cover that was kind of the catalyst i guess i would say yeah, that led so. you to believe okay you know what this isn't just a fun game we're making maybe we can take it to the next level which is yeah of the game and, and actually get well, we were kind right? of thinking more print and play, to be honest. So it's kind of gone in in in, in stages, really. Interesting. But, yeah. Yeah. So and 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 Gary's um, Gary was was just saying, "Oh, I'll, I'll give you a hand. I'll, I'll do all the art for you and things like that um, yeah. to make it a print and play thing." And then I, again, as it develops and develops, I'm, I'm thinking, "Well, this is this is really good. I, I really think because there's not many a merry trashy games that are good for kids." Yeah. Um, um, or, or there's not many dungeon crawlers that are, that are great for kids. There's Mice and Mystics. Um, there's Stuff Fables. Um, and after that, you're kind of heavily adapting um, existing stuff to play with 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 a kid. And a kid, you know, it, it's great. I mean, having adventures, going and battling monsters, finding yeah. treasure, exploring dungeons. You know, these are all things that, that kids will really enjoy, but it just doesn't seem... No one seems to have really gone down that ro- route for 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 a thing and a, a game not necessarily kids play together but a game that um a grown-up can play with a, a child and have the same kind of level of enjoyment out of it so suddenly with tactical depth but also simple enough to um to 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 for, for a child to be able to make meaningful decisions within it that's, that's so how did you do the play testing was it was it pretty much um a tabletop simulator i guess because of the 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 lockdown or um, I've done quite testing? a bit of tabletop simulator play testing, um, but I also um, because I'm, I'm a very, you know, uh, 
privileged situation of having people listen to the podcast, people wanting to help us sure. out and things like that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just put a call out. Does anyone want to play test this? And, and they print and played it basically. So, nice. so quite a bit of blind play testing went on because I, as much as I'm wanting this game to be for adults, I also wanted kids to play test it with their, okay. with their parents or, or an adult. And that tabletop simulator is not appropriate for that. Really. It's, it's not, mm. it's not the best um, thing. If, if times are normal, I would have been taking it down to my family board game group and, yeah. and playing it there, but but unfortunately it wasn't. So a combination of tabletop simulator, but also quite a lot of people playing it and then and then writing, you know, messaging me back and saying, well, this was good, this was good, didn't like this, and then that's where we kind of made changes and things like that. Which, <clears throat> excuse me, which was amazing because because each time someone came back with a problem, it made it so much more better. You know, there's there's a number of little key points I can think of that that yeah. really really improved the game, um, and 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 kind of gave rise to, to to mechanics which were simple, but also I haven't really seen elsewhere. Um, so so I was really really pleased. Like one of the things was someone said my my daughter got quite upset when she ever she missed. And I thought, well, it's a dungeon crawling. She's gonna have to get over it, you know. And then I thought, well, so now when you miss, you flip your card over. And next time you roll even more dice to hit. So you become determined is how we say it. Mm. So it takes some of the sting for kids out of missing because you're going to be better next time, yet still has that peril. Because if you take missing out of the equation, then there's no peril, is there? And there's no excitement. Yeah. Um, so it's a kind of, it's kind of a, I don't know, a balancing act between those those two, really. So that, that's one of the mechanics that came out of playtesting. It's really simple, but I would never have thought of it without someone coming up with that, that problem for me. I think that's interesting. The play testing angle, um, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? On one hand, you want to take as much feedback as possible because you're yeah, there, yeah. There, there's something's going to come up. I just had this on a game I'm working on that came up uh, about two weeks ago. Something I never even considered on uh, on as a mechanic on one of the cards, and as like it, like a light light bulb goes off. It's like it, it's mm -hmm. so obvious now that I see it, but I didn't see it before. So you have the benefit of this kind of free advice from people, right? So people who care want to see you, you know, do better and yeah. want to see a better game. On the flip side, sometimes getting that feedback is not easy to take, right? And yeah. some of that feedback could be they don't like what you've created. Yeah. So how how did you approach that? Because you have a situation now where you have a child involved, right, in the development yeah. where you know obviously you know youth have you know feelings and stuff that have to be taken into consideration as well, and you got to try to insulate them. How did you balance that? Well, I went away and sulked for about two days, and <laughs> then got over it, and then went and then thought of some some options, and then went back to Cora. Is basically how I had it, how I did yeah. it, and any kind of because you're right, and that you know it is hard sometimes, especially when it's something you felt proud of, and someone goes, "Well, that's yeah. wrong," yeah, and, and then you go, "Well, no, it's not," and then yeah. and then after a day, you go, "Well, maybe, yeah, maybe it is," um, and sometimes it's not as well. Sometimes you you. You know, sometimes people are talking rubbish, but but most of the time it at least raises something within you. So yeah, so I've been very careful never to have this game have kind of any negative connotations for her. So yeah, so it, it's always been about putting options to her. Should we leave it as it is? Should yeah. we do this or should we do that? You know, uh, and sometimes it has been leave it as it is. Um, uh, the, the, there's a line of sight is always difficult within within, uh, and someone suggested a very simple way of simplifying it but it took a lot of the tactics out of it and so she said no i don't want that because because then you can't do this can you can't do that so I'm like, fine fair enough um you know that's what we're doing then we're having a 
line of sight rule instead of you know you can hit anybody in the real room type thing and that was that was her decision and we went with it so there's certain things where although the change was kind of recommended she sticked her guns and said no I, yeah 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 basically yeah i mean not 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 things that if i genuinely felt it was really detrimental i'd, yeah. I'd you know i'd have been putting the, the dad pressure on a little bit but 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 yeah no she's she's definitely she's had veto on everything i say as i say i think too sometimes kids have a different perspective that um as an adult you're looking through a different lens and you may not appreciate kind of those those young eyes and, and the experience mm-hmm. that they're coming at something from too so i mean who's to say the adult's correct right uh, often well, exactly, yeah. the kid's correct yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and one of the things with with kids games. Sorry, I know I'm babbling. One no, of the no, things with good. kids games that I feel quite passionate about is a lot of adults design games that they think kids would want. Like one of the pieces of feedback was, um, well, surely all these heroes, instead of swords and bows and arrows and things, they should be using lightsabers and uh, and uh, and pea shooters and you know and and hockey sticks and and things that kids use. And yeah. Cora was like, no, swords are cool. It's like, yeah, swords are cool. You're right. And, and just because <laughs> just because um, it, it's a kind of adult's view of what a child thinks is cool. And yeah. and some and some, you know, thinking, well, the fantasy genre is a bit hackneyed and cliche. It's not to an eight-year-old. Fantasy yeah. genre is very exciting to an eight-year-old who's just watched Lord of the Rings for the first time. Um, and and they want a sword, you know, a bow and arrow like Legolas had, not a not a pea shooter or a you know a frisbee that they can throw at the you know that, that's it it's a very adult way of looking at what a child's perspective should be whereas yeah. whereas whereas um in reality cora wanted it to be like the game she was seeing me play so so it's definitely it's got definite it's definitely whimsical mm-hmm. and it's definitely um you know one of the quests is to find a teapot it's not it's not you know that's cool. it's not high fantasy or anything like that but it's also not kidifying everything. So let's talk a go. little bit about the game itself. So I've got a, yes. for people watching and those listening, we'll do our best to describe it. Um, so the core essence of this game. So describe how what this game is, uh, kind of the basic structure of the game, basic ways you play and kind of what these objectives and so forth are, if you don't mind. Um, it's got, got a number of different quests you can choose from, and you have a, a deck of cards of these okay. square cards, which 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 will come out and, and make the dungeon. So for people on the podcast can't see, but but people who are watching will be able to see that the, these squares are kind of laid out in a it appears random way and and um, and it makes up a dungeon basically. Each yeah. each card has got a different. You know, You're building a dungeon already. as you go, right? You're building a dungeon as you go. Yeah. And then interspersed with these, so seeded throughout this deck, which is shuffled randomly, but seeded every, every um, well, roughly every five cards, um, there is a card which has a, a plot uh, attached to it. So when that comes out, you read a bit of the plot. So in, in the adventure you've got here, you, you're off to find, find some gnomes who've been trying to find a, a pet snake, but the pet snake has, has ended up being a giant snake. Mm. Um, and so the, the first kind of encounter, you find uh, the, the backpack of this gnome, so it's a clue. So you read out a bit about the backpack of the gnome, and you get a special item card for finding that. And then the second encounter is a pit trap, and you've got to try and escape the pit trap. And then the third encounter, you find one of the gnomes who's very upset because her, her, her brother's been captured by this snake. And on the fourth encounter, uh, the, the fourth kind of story tile, as we call that's where the the snake is. So, the, so the, there's narrative... It's a it's a randomized dungeon, um, with um, with and each card has like little spots on that monsters come out on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a randomized dungeon, but within that there's a there's a narrative. So that's the 
that's the fangs for the memory one. And one of them, you've got to go and collect money to buy a, a teapot because you've broken the wizard's teapot. And, and another one, you've got to go and turn all the taps off in the dungeon because uh, because it's filling up with water and it's going to flood the town. So you've got to go to four different places. to, to, to... So there's, there's kind of four plot points within, within the, the dungeon that you'll hit roughly every five cards as i say they shuffled within it but yeah you know, how many story like, how many plots or how many stories or objectives are are there in the game well i've got i've got five written there's there's more coming um yeah. and, and more will be stretch cards but the the beauty of these these cards is and 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 um is that they're a bit like they're going to be a bit like dixit cards in that there's going to be multiple different ways of interpreting them mm. and so the, the 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 vision is that kids can write their own stories um, by choosing which card they want to do and choosing where they want to put them in the thing, and then do their own own thing as well. So, so that's that's the aim is that 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 you can write your own adventures with using using the cards uh, that we've got because none of them are specific. They're kind of general, like you know, like a broken table might be where the snake is, but it also might be where you find a magical sword. It's just mm -hmm. completely up to you how you want to do that. So we'll provide uh, probably at the end of the day about eight nine adventures but then we re we got rules and encouragement within the rule book to create your own stories within that oh, similarly cool. we've got we've got rules for creating your own heroes and we've got rules for creating your own monsters as well so so that's 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 a big part of it because because all the art in the game is actually done by kids and then colored in by gary our artist yeah so um so it looks great it looks absolutely fantastic to be honest oh, yeah it looks really charming but also it's to try and encourage kids to say well your art's good enough you know you you, yeah. you do it um you 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 create some standees you create some and we're gonna have templates for well, we've got a secret project which i'm not allowed to say anything about yet well i am allowed because it's my game but i'm not saying anything about but basically ways of 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 creating your own character cards and your own standees and things to to um so i'm getting very enthusiastic so so ha half of it is about there's, there's all the stuff in the box, but then a lot of it is you can you can make you can make this your own. You can make your own monsters. You can make your own heroes. You can make your own treasure cards. You can make your own adventures. Oh, that's super cool. I think it also encourages creative writing, right? With yeah, the, yeah, yeah, with exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I was impressed by the number of pieces. I mean, you haven't even you're still adding more stuff. But even in the unboxing video that I saw on your on your channel, um, like the the number of pieces was pretty impressive once you laid it on a, on a table, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, so it, it looks it looks really big. It packs down quite small, but it looks look, it's it's really big. Yeah, yeah, it comes across as a pretty beefy game. Uh, where did you get your prototypes done? Uh, if you um, I, I, I don't can't really, a guy in Hungary. Um, okay. Um, I, I'll, I can send you a link. Sorry, I don't have it on me. Um, so it wasn't I've like got... a game craft or anything like that. It was like uh, just <laughs> no, a, no. It was, okay. He uh, does professionally do prototypes for. Okay for board games yep. but i think it's a european equivalent basically um but Matt, i've got the other person who's involved we've got gary who's the artist and the other person involved is mark cook who used to be the ceo of um hush hush games who did fog of love oh okay um and he's handling all the logistics and the, the manufacturing the and all that yeah yeah because i don't no idea what i'm doing with that stuff yeah. so so i needed someone who who's got a bit of a clue so mark's very kindly offered to do that for us so that's cool well and the cool thing is is number one you bring uh confidence to your backers that you've got somebody on your team that does yeah. understand all that so that you know rest assured they're going to get their game yeah because because i'm an idiot yeah. <laughs> no, no but then the second part <laughs> of that is you get to as a as a new kind of developer you get to uh, watch right you get to kind of yeah piggyback and see how some of these things are done so you can build up your knowledge base and, and it's, it's fascinating how expensive yeah. everything is 
<laughs> yeah, it is. It's crazy. Um, but Not the manufacturing, that's relatively cheap. It's just everything else. Yeah, prototyping is expensive, and um, you know, all getting getting up to the point where we're ready to make the manufacturing part. I always tell people is in my mind actually the easier part. It's all yeah, the yeah. other stuff like the social the safety test because it's a kids' game. We've got to get it properly safety tested. Yeah. That costs a fortune as well. At certain ages um, and so forth. Are you yeah, worried yeah. doing your safety testing? Are you gonna get your manufacturer to do that? Or yeah, the manufacturer's going to do that yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. And there's been various different rules changes with Brexit and things, so that's a bit of a nightmare yeah, as well. I so, guess. So and then uh, so. And yeah. then have you set a target yet? Like I know that, so your, your campaign comes out on February 1st uh, yep. on Kickstarter. Um, I know some of the people uh, were actually asking in the, the lobby here that are watching um, is, have you set kind of your goal? Like, have you thought how many, like what kind of pledge level you need to get to, to we, we need, yeah, we've Mark's done quite a, a extensive costing. I mean, it, it, it may change because shipping's a nightmare at the moment as well yeah. and things. So, so we, we've, we've costed it as it is now. And then we're going to revise that, on you know the, the the last week of january to, to make sure we still are okay um about 400 backers is our, our is what we need to get us over the line um okay. um and then more than that we've 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 would be better <laughs> yeah, of course more is always better than less that's for yeah, sure yeah, yeah. when it comes to kickstarter but uh but, but but i'm quite a pessimistic person so so i was very keen to to make sure that the line is where we can really do this. Do you know what I mean? Not not this fake business where you pretend the line's somewhere else and stuff like that. The line's the line's that's, there. That's the line's four hundred backers. Yeah, four hundred backers. Yeah, it's not going to be an expensive game. I mean, I, as I say, it's not. We're not a. Um, the price is still vaguely in flux, but we we're talking kind of yeah. thirty to thirty five pounds. So I don't know what that is in 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 about it's like seventy bucks Canadian. I think yeah. Yeah, seventy. Very close. I think we're a two to one ratio. I think with the UK. Really? Right well, yeah, just wait till so. after Brexit. Then we'll, we'll <laughs> maybe it'll change we'll after Brexit. We'll be on a par. Know. But um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's all it's all done in American dollars anyway, so it's going to have to be. Um, yeah. So yeah. how do people find you? So so if somebody wants to back this game and they uh, and uh, I mean I don't know why they wouldn't because this is such a cool idea, especially if you have kids. I think this is a great game to sit and play with your kids and get them involved in cr the creative process as well. Yeah. Well, that's what we're hoping. How do they how do they follow along? So how can they be part of this journey in the lead up to February first? You you can sign up to our newsletter on at corequest.com. Okay. Um there's 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 we won't we don't tend to spam there. It's about once every month, probably a few more running up to the running up to the, the Kickstarter. But where you can really get involved and maybe even contribute some of your kids' art because we we're still occasionally asking for art for, for things and stuff like yep. that. Um, that's the Facebook group. If you search for Core Quest on Facebook and join us there, that is probably the best place. And and you'll be told when it goes live there as well. <laughs> don't don't worry. I'll be I'll be talking about it going live when it when it happens. And also in the uh, the notes of this uh, this interview, I'm also going to put a link to your uh, your Kickstarter preview notify yep. me page. So uh, anybody wants to follow along, click on that link. It'll take you to the preview page. Then click the notify me button. You'll be signed up to be notified as soon as this uh, this campaign goes live. Yeah. Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this podcast. Thank Hopefully you. We'll get you back for, again. For splurting. That's all right. And all the best <laughs> to you and your family and happy new year. You happy new care. year to you. Cheers. Ciao. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.